Today on Field Trip, we're exploring the impact that teacher stress has on schools. I wanted to know why are teachers leaving the field of education so quickly? And when I looked back at it and looked at research, and this was a critical component for my research, was teacher stress. And a look at the research into how what principals do or don't do can make teachers' stress levels go up or down. How can principals, in other words, increase the trustworthiness in the eyes of their teachers? Three critical components of increasing trustworthiness are ability, benevolence, and integrity. It's not just about workload. This is an issue that has implications for every principal, every teacher, every student in our schools. If you don't establish that strong, trusting culture based off mutual accountability and relationships, it's hard to get any initiative off the ground. The old saying, the culture eats strategy for breakfast, is absolutely true. From Frontline Education, this is Field Trip. My guest today is Dr. Brad Owen. Over his 23 years in education, he has served as a teacher, a principal, and an executive director, and now he is an assistant superintendent at Burke Burnett ISD in Texas. It's a mid-sized school district in north-central Texas, right near the Oklahoma border. It has about 3,300 students at five campuses. Dr. Owen, welcome. Thank you. Our conversation is all about teacher stress, what causes it, and how school districts can address it. But first, aside from the obvious fact that stress is unhealthy and reducing it is generally a good thing, why does teacher stress matter? Dr. Owen has done research into the issue, and the first question I asked was, what made you look around and decide to explore this particular topic? Throughout my years uh, here, and then as well as uh, working through my master's and talking with other administrators across the state, It was always uh, strange to me that within the same district, even a district as small as ours, that across five campuses, when an initiative would be rolled out, that there would be five different reactions on the five campuses to those initiatives. And so I always wondered why teachers from the same district who had received pretty much the same instructional learning, same professional development, could have such a wide-ranging reaction to the same initiatives. That prompted me to start thinking about leadership and how leadership can play a role with uh, the way teachers' dispositions are today in relationship to today's educational reform, and then all of those initiatives that are also causing that stress on our teachers. He wondered why, at one campus, an initiative would be successful, but at another, it would struggle to get off the ground. But that isn't the only reason to care about teacher stress. It probably makes sense to step back and look at some of the trends that are happening today with teachers. Uh, Studies have shown that a significant percentage of all teachers leave the field within five years, and some studies put that number around 36 percent, at least in the state of Texas where you're located. Why why would that be? Well, that's so one of the things that was one of my main things I looked at, the attrition rate, as you just said, attrition rate in Texas after the first five years between 31 and 36 percent. And what we're also seeing, especially in Texas, and I know you're seeing in other states too, where I've seen so many teachers now come into the field through alternative routes, uh, through alternative certification programs. Those teachers actually are up in the 50 to 60 percent attrition rate after the first five years. 
Um, and so that that's a staggering number to me, especially as a, as I was a campus administrator each spring, trying to hire and replace and refill positions and trying to retain quality teachers. I wanted to know why are teachers leaving the uh, field of education so quickly? And when I looked back at it and looked at research, and this was a, a critical component for my research, was teacher stress. Hmm. Let's talk about stress for a moment. What do you see and what have you found that is causing stress for teachers? Uh, two of the biggest reasons cited by teachers that are leaving the field were lack of administrator support uh, and then just stress itself. And then stress uh, was not so much that it was cited as poor working conditions, but cited more as far as being uh, exposed to tasks that they didn't feel they had enough efficacy or didn't feel like they were prepared to accommodate. Uh, and then also that uh, teaching nowadays at the initiatives, the external mandates, uh, teachers are busier now than they've ever been before. Uh, again, you know, in our field, we're expected to educate all students, not just some of the students, but all students. We're expected to educate them at a very high level. And so teachers, you know, are, are having a massive amount of work placed on them uh, from from external and internal mandates, because you've got your state level initiatives, your national initiatives, and then you have your local ones. And so teachers, uh, again, they're they're citing lack of administrator support during those initiatives, as well as just the stress of the workload those first few years and not knowing how to manage their time and not knowing how to manage those initiatives. Dr. Owen set out to explore the relationship between the level of faculty trust in the principal at a school, that principal's collaborative leadership behaviors, and teacher job stress. Specifically, he asked the question, can you predict teacher job stress by looking at those other two factors, faculty trust in the principal and how much the principal exhibits collaborative leadership behaviors? He says the issue of faculty trust boils down to character and competence. As a teacher... Do I trust the character of my leader? Do I trust that that person is making decisions that um, are in the best interest of not only my students, but myself? And over time and experiential time with the, the my leader, have they shown to walk the walk, talk the talk, and back up their stuff? Are they to trust? Can they actually do the job? And so, you know, if I'm, if I'm gonna choose to give my trust to someone, then I'm going to choose to only give it to somebody who I know can actually do the job and is not going to let me down or is not going to falter in that job. Dr. Owen chose one of the largest, fastest growing districts in Texas for his study. He surveyed teachers from 54 different campuses there in order to see a wide range of leadership behaviors. And he asked them to provide input on how they felt about their campus leadership. Talk to me a little bit more about the different leadership behaviors that you were looking at. What were the kinds of things that might make you say that one principal exhibits collaborative leadership and another one does not? Uh, the, the core behaviors I was looking at was, does the principal utilize inclusive governance? In other words, are they utilizing uh, teachers and the establishment of key educational foci for the campus? Um, also, are the uh, is the principal utilizing teacher leaders to help establish a strategic mission and unifying vision for the campus. Uh, then I wanted to know also, are the, is the principal utilizing shared decision-making? In other words, uh, do they have committees in place? Do they have groups of teacher leaders in place that look at not only the operational parts of the campus and the daily 
operations, but also the instructional focus and the instructional planning, or is the principal kind of making the decisions on their own and in that past a few people. Um, shared accountability. I wanted to know if the uh, school employees understand that they all play a role and do they feel like that they are have a mutual accountability with the principal and ensuring that the vision and mission is um, accomplished and that they also understand that they don't teach in isolation, that they are uh, you know, seen as valued partners. And then lastly, teacher participation. Is the principal engaging teachers at all levels of the system and providing them with leadership opportunities? In other words, is the principal the lead of every committee or does he have uh, teachers? Is he allowing them to step out and lead? Are the teachers you know, leading their own professional development or the um, this campus itself can become very self-sustaining. And so those are the four critical areas or critical leadership behaviors that I looked at. You may not be surprised to learn that Dr. Owen found that when a principal exhibited strong collaborative leadership behaviors, that had a high correlation to faculty trust in that principal. An R value of 0.66 positive points, if statistics are your thing. Collaborative leadership does increase faculty trust. He also found that when faculty trust went up, teacher job stress went down. And more than that, he found that he could predict teacher job stress by looking at the levels of faculty trust and collaborative leadership behaviors on the part of the principal. That was found to be significant that when those two, when those two components combined, faculty trust and the principal and collaborative leadership behaviors together do predict teacher job stress. So that actually gives you levers that you can pull as a principal in order to lower teacher job stress. Yes. And then that's the thing is really you want to you want to look at how 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 can principals, in other words, increase the trustworthiness in the eyes of their teachers. You know, and three critical components of increasing trustworthiness are ability, uh, benevolence, and integrity. Ability, benevolence, and integrity. Competence and character. Uh, so with those three things, if principals work on those three things, that can greatly increase the trustworthiness that the faculty sees in their principal. Hmm. After you completed this study, how did you see your conclusions at play in your own district? And so that's uh, some of the things I'm working with uh, principals now. Um, I've just been in this assistant superintendent's role actually just since January. And so during that time, since that time, We've began having, or I've began having meetings with my principals, individual, one on one, and we're looking at things like collaboration. We're looking at things like engagement. We're looking at how often do you engage your teachers in leadership uh, conversations. How often are you engaging your teachers and allowing them to step out and lead? Um, also. What are you doing to increase your own abilities, your own competence, so that when teachers look at you, they know that this is an individual that can lead me. They know that this is an individual that I can trust their level of depth and complexity, and they totally understand what's going on in my classroom as well as the whole campus. And so we're having those conversations. We're looking at ways to to increase that within each one because, you know, even just in a district our small, this district our size, five different principles are all at five different levels mm -hmm. and you can't provide shotgun approach training to all five of them because each one of them has varying needs. And so having those conversations with them has been critical for me uh, to be able to work with them this summer moving forward and then also set up some goals for them for next year and them to be able to learn how to reflect a little bit and progress monitor themselves and working towards 
uh, these collaborative leadership behaviors, and then also then increasing their own trustworthiness in the eyes of their teachers. Hmm. Can you feel the difference between different buildings based upon what you what you see in one principal versus another? Completely. The, the quality of a culture, uh, again, culture, the, the old saying, the culture eats strategy for breakfast is absolutely true. Um, if, if you don't establish that strong, trusting culture based off mutual accountability and relationships, it's hard to get any initiative off the ground. And absolutely, when you walk into a campus where that culture is established, where teachers have that high level of trust, uh, teachers feel very uh, competent in their leader and they understand that the characters there, the morals are there, and that moral congruence between the leader and those teachers, that environment is palpable. You can feel it. The kids can feel it. They can sense it. Um, you know, when you're just walking, you're standing in the hallways, you can see it on the kids' faces. You can see it on the teachers' faces. You can see it on the custodians' faces. It is definitely something you can physically feel and sense. You can also see a difference in the culture of a building based on the leadership. Dr. Owen told me about one building in his district a few years ago. Had an administrator that had been there uh, for a few years and uh, at that point had had uh, deteriorating relationships on the campus. Uh, culture was suffering. Uh, teachers were kind of in a survival uh, type mode. Burke Burnett ISD takes organizational health inventories of its schools, looking at scores in 10 different dimensions. Based on those scores, a school could be rated as dependent, that's on the low end of the scale, or independent, that's in the mid-range, or interdependent, meaning that those in the school see themselves as part of a bigger team, part of a larger organization, and that they have a role to play within that. This building in particular scored fairly low across the board. It was classified as dependent. Then they made a change to the building administration, brought in new leadership, and the change in the building was dramatic. And so then there was a, a change made uh, with the administrators. And then within a year and a half, uh, you could walk into that, that uh, campus, uh, totally different feel. Uh, academics were improving. Uh, student achievement was on the rise. Student discipline had decreased dramatically, uh, almost 35, 40% in a year and a half. Um, and then all 10 dimensions on the organizational health inventory, the exact same inventory with almost the exact same teachers a year and a half later, all 10 ranges were above 90% in the interdependent range. Wow. Have you ever heard students or teachers comment on the culture of a building based on how the principal, uh, what the leadership, building leadership is like? Have you heard people say things, whether they be students or teachers, with regard to this? Yes, completely. It's, um, again, so that organizational health inventory, that's, that's all teachers, but then student surveys were saying very much the same thing. And so principals, principals are your highest level instructional leader that are still immersed culture of their campus on a daily basis. Uh, as such, they are the primary change agent uh, and their influence and impact on teachers' perceptions is critical. And so teachers, again, they, they know just like you tell teachers, hey, students know when you're faking it and you can fake relationships with students. It's the same thing with adults. Teachers know when the principal is faking it. And uh, leaderships, key leaders, instructional leaders, especially on the campus level, because they're immersed with those teachers on a day-to-day -day basis, they can't fake it. 
And so the teachers, their, their perception is their reality and their perception is pretty accurate typically. And it's a real to them. Uh, they can feel it. And so when they feel that trust level is high between them and their principal and that competence is there and there's a high character person there, there's no doubt that they can voice it and they do voice it and students can see it and students articulate it the same way too. So what do you do with all of this? What are the steps a principal can take or how can a district work with administrators to build the kind of faculty trust that makes such a difference in the buildings? And Dr. Owen said that Stephen Covey's book, The Speed of Trust, is helpful here. It identifies 13 critical behaviors that high trust leaders exhibit. And so working with principals, you know, about, you know, talking straight, uh, you know, that you that where, where you stand, your, your teachers all know where you stand, your students know where you stand and not waffling off of that uh, based off of one situation or another. You know, you need to be very clear in your expectations and they need to stay there with them uh, so the teachers and students and parents all like know exactly where you stand as a principal uh, demonstrating respect. Are you showing genuine care for your teachers? Are you showing genuine care for your students? Uh, and you know what that looks like and how to how to display that. Uh, transparency, uh, ensuring as principals that when we have our meetings or we have our faculty meetings, then we have our site-based leadership team meetings, that we report those minutes out or share them out with the entire campus. Uh, that uh, make sure there's a clear liaison meeting set up, uh, that your professional learning communities are operating at a high rate writing wrongs that if as a principal I make a mistake I need to publicly acknowledge that mistake in front of my entire faculty so that they not only understand that I'm going to be open and honest they also know it's okay for them to make a mistake so then they feel affirmed in their mistakes and they feel affirmed to be able to take risks because they know that you celebrate mistakes even when you make them the loyalty delivering results uh, in other words can you do what you say you're going to do um, and then getting better, you know, as a principal, am I, you know, am I being just complacent with where I'm at or do my teachers see me continuously learning, doing book studies when I, when I have uh, faculty meetings, do they hear me talk about the latest research? Do they hear me talk about books that I'm reading? You know, those kinds of things, because we're turning around and asking the teachers to do that. Um, confront reality. This is another thing that we're working with our principals on that if I've got eight teachers in a wing and seven teachers are doing their job and one teacher's not, those seven teachers know whether or not I deal with that one teacher. And if I don't confront that reality and have those hard to, hard to hold conversations and, and handle that from a uh, instructional leader standpoint of either coaching that person up or coaching that person out, those other seven, it's going to affect their trust and relationship with me. And then again, extending trust. If I'm asking teachers to trust me and I'm asking teachers to, to give in to me, then I need to trust them. And so the same thing, though, there, I need to work on their character, their competence. Am I providing enough professional development for them, for them to grow? Am I providing them with the resources and able them to do their job? Um, and so all of those things, those are the critical components that can really uh, help principals work to build trust that principals can work on. What would you say, and you've, you've touched on some of these a, a bit already, but what would you say to a principal who might be listening who wants to try to incorporate what you have learned in his or her building? What would you say would be the first steps to take in order to gain his, his or her teacher's trust? 
I think it goes back to that collaborative leadership. And so uh, first thing is, you know, work on uh, building the trusting relationships uh, with their teachers. So, you know, again, trust is a two way street. Uh, leaders who trust are more likely to receive trust. So, you know, the first things they can do is, number one, come in, state clear expectations and then walk the walk. They got to make sure that they stay on those expectations and don't waffle. Um, and then number two, increasing that trust capital with their faculty that helps better prepare that environment for the stress that could be created by change. And then principals working school, school district leaders uh, need to work with their principals in order to promote and foster shared vision. So do the do principals, are they collaborating with and utilizing their teachers to write a unifying vision and mission for that campus? And then when they do that, you know, what is it based on? Is it based on the way adults feel, adult comfort, or is it based on the moral imperative edu of educating students? And so if, as a principal, if I can tie everything back to what we're doing, to that moral imperative of educating students, and that's why we all got into education, again, that, that can foster that moral congruence between teachers and principals. And then also principals, helping principals engage in shared decision-making. Um, whether you're at a small district or a large district, of course, I know a lot of people think, well, I'm at a small campus. I, I don't really need to do that. I'll just meet with my counselor and assistant principal and we'll make the decisions. Even in a small district, your teachers need to trust you. Your teachers need to have buy-in. Um, and so that uh, shared decision-making practices using, you know, campus improvement teams, campus operation teams, whatever the vernacular is that each campus utilizes, it is, doesn't matter, but you've got to incorporate teachers in that shared decision making process so that they feel vested in what's going on and they trust the environment more and they're more likely to, to take risks and, and dig in. And then again, just encouraging principals to utilize collaborative leadership as an actual change strategy. So getting ready to initiate uh, an initiative. I want to incorporate teachers in on the why side of it. I want to get them involved on the why because teachers need to know the why before we change. Then I want to get them on, on how we're going to roll out the change. What's it going to look like? How much time we're going to do it? Is it going to be incremental or is it going to be all at once? Uh, again, those are decisions that principals can use collaborative leadership as a change strategy uh, to, again, foster that trust, foster that competence and that mutual accountability across the entire district. And then again, something that's really simple for to do at the end of the year, beginning of the year, middle of the year, end of the year, surveys. Allow your teachers time, allow your teachers the opportunity to respond uh, or provide feedback in an anonymous manner. Uh, and then when you get that feedback, don't just set it on your desk. Take that feedback, find the feedback that you can actually dig into and say, you know what, that's good feedback, that's a change we need to make, and then report that and pub you know, publicly report that out to your campus. Let all the teachers know that, hey, you know what, because of your feedback, here's a change that we're making campus wide that we think is going to be for the betterment of our campus. Teachers then, it validates teachers, it validates their input, uh, it makes them want to actually re uh, reply and respond to surveys in an honest manner because they know that the principal is actually going to read them and actually make changes uh, based off that feedback and not just do lip service. What would you say, first of all, the implications of your work and what you're discovering have on hiring practices of principals when a district is recruiting campus administrators? So just like um, you know, one of the recommendations, again, for, for principals 
uh, is during the principal or the teacher hiring process is, you know, you're going to talk to your teachers. You're going to find out if they're collaborative in nature. You're going to find out if they're naturally engaging. You're going to find out uh, kind of their background and what they're, how they feel they're, they're, where their passion lies in educating students. It's the same thing with our, when we seek to hire a new principal, there needs to be critical components that we're looking at or criteria that we're looking at in those principles um, and not necessarily years of experience. You know, not necessarily uh, do they do they take a hard line on everything, and if they're uh, they have great discipline statistics from their prior prior district, things like that. But more so, can they work with other people? Um, again, collaboration is not just communication. Uh, and so, when hiring principals, again, those two things: competence and character. Know through my conversation with principals that they're very competent in their in systems thinking. In other words, they're very competent in understanding how to get teachers on board. They're competent in um, holding conversations that move initiatives forward, um, and that they're also very collaborative. And that I want to hear them saying. I'm going to utilize committees when we do this, or I'm going to utilize surveys. I'm going to utilize feedback and input from the staff. Um, and so when we're hiring uh, role play scenarios, uh, giving giving principal candidates, you know, role plays where there's going to be an initiative that they're going to roll out within the first two years of them being on campus, what would that look like? What would they utilize? Uh, how would they accomplish that? And then having those principals talk you through how that's going to take place. And if you hear a lot of, well, my administrative team or uh, teachers would survey this, but then I'll make the final decision. If you hear a lot of that talk, then that, that may be a little bit less than the collaborative leadership than what you're looking for. Um, you know, you want to hear that surveys will be taken, input will be given, feedback, two-way dialogue, uh, small group meetings, large group meetings, and whole-scale meetings. Um, you want to see a natural progression uh, in their role play of how they're going to get things accomplished that involves teachers at all levels all the way through the meetings or all the way through the uh, initiative process. That also means including teacher voice in setting individual goals and choosing professional development opportunities. Uh, utilizing TTS. That's the Texas Teacher Evaluation and Support System. When principals sit down with their teachers at the beginning of the year and the end of the year, um, they should have those goal-setting conversations with them. And so uh, principals, good principals, are going to have that goal-setting meeting at the beginning of the year, and they're going to make note of that. And so that when they're going through that teacher's classroom throughout the year, they're reflecting on the things that they're seeing and reflecting back on the uh, goals that the teacher set for themselves and having small conversations throughout the year and supporting those teachers. And then at the end of the year, having that reflective dialogue with them about, okay, so how did you, how did you uh, progress towards your goal? Or here's what I saw. Does it align with what you're thinking? And then, okay, so here are where we are for this whole year. Now let's start talking about where we're going to be for next year. What are some things you could do this summer? Here's my recommendations for some things you could do this summer to get you going and get you, you know, on down the road on this path. And so, you know, I, I'm, I firmly believe that if we're having to non-renew or uh, not bring back several teachers at the end of a year, then I'm not doing my job as an instructional leader. Uh, my job as an instructional leader or principal on a campus uh, is to ensure that I'm coaching teachers up as best I can before I make that other decision. And that would mean that multiple conversations, multiple walkthroughs, 
formal observations, uh, dialogue, uh, small group dialogue, professional learning communities, sitting in on their collaborative team meetings. A multitude of things would happen uh, from August to May where myself, the principal, and that teacher would have uh, plenty of opportunity to really dialogue on how that teacher is doing and mentoring them up uh, so that we're not having to mentoring that mentor them out because you know, school districts anymore training the teacher staff development all the different things that we we put in place with them the digital resources and all that it's pretty expensive uh each year and that's not something we'll throw away lightly and so principals really need to take that role as instructional leader and mentor very seriously uh and not just rely on that uh, probationary contract uh, early out clause at the end of the year well, thank you, Dr. Owen. Dr. Brad Owen is the Assistant Superintendent at Burke Burnett ISD in Texas. Thank you once again for taking time to speak with us today. I appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you. New episodes of Field Trip are published every other Friday. But we know how busy this time of year is for all of you working in education. And so we're going to take a quick break in June and we'll be back with more new episodes in July. Don't miss them when they come out. Click on that subscribe button and you'll get them on your phone or computer automatically when they're released. Field Trip is a podcast from Frontline Education. Frontline's industry-leading software is designed exclusively for K-12 and is built to help school systems recruit, hire, engage, develop, and retain their employees because we believe that's what makes the difference for students. For more information, visit frontlineeducation.com slash field trip podcast. For Frontline Education, I'm Ryan Estes. Thanks for listening and have a great day.